I run a small business selling perfumes, and sometimes I go to markets to go and sell those perfumes, especially around Christmas, which just so happens to be coming up. And I thought, what if this year I did something a little bit different? Namely, instead of just selling perfumes as normal, what if I added something else to my product line to see how it does and maybe fill in some of the gaps of my product offering? Anyway, because of all that, I decided, you know what? Reed diffusers are the perfect product to add to the line. So I'm sure you're wondering why Reed diffusers? Well, at the moment, my brand is focused around perfumes. And the reason for that is because, well, mostly I am passionate about perfumery, that is the process of making perfumes. I really enjoy mixing together the different kind of component or base smells in order to create cool and new combinations, different smells which you haven't smelled before. To me, that's just really fun, really rewarding creative work. And I guess you could say alcoholic perfumery is almost perfumery in its purest form. So I was looking for something else to add and I wanted something firstly that was gonna be not too difficult, fairly easy to make because obviously it's gonna be one of the side products. So I don't wanna to have to spend too long on it. Secondly, I wanted something that was a little bit cheaper. And the reason for that is because obviously perfume is very nice, but especially when you're trying to sell at market stores in person, so you've got people just coming up to you, they may come by your stall. Turns out not everyone is willing to spend like 40, 50, 60 pounds on a perfume up front. Um, just kind of seeing it, smelling it. Usually perfume is a bit more of a kind of an intimate thing, a bit of a signature, and you often want to kind of go and test it and you want to have a chance to try it. And that's not necessarily something that's possible, especially at an in-person event. And I think a lot of the time when I see people at markets, they're looking for not only things for themselves, like a little treat that's not too expensive, also little gifts and things for friends. And while sometimes a perfume can tick those boxes, I think a lot more of the time, things like reed diffusers can. Now, I've seen people selling things at markets, things like cosmetics, candles, reed diffusers, and for me, reed diffusers were quite a nice option because candles, they're a bit more tricky. I think you have to spend more time making sure they burn properly, and the amount of uh, scents which you can put inside the candles is much more limited, which means as a perfumer, it's a little bit more well, if I just want to focus on creating the scents, I don't want to have to worry so much about all of these compatibility issues. I'll leave that to the candle makers. I could have done something like cosmetics, but again, the product base could potentially pose an issue. You could also do things like soap, shampoos, but that is not really so much the focus of the brand, I guess, these kind of little transient experiences. So essentially, in a way, the brand's a bit about how fragrance can represent the environment or landscapes, things like that. And what better way to actually represent the environment by having a fragrance which can be part of your home environment, i.e. something like incense or a reed diffuser. So I thought reed diffusers are a great idea because they're quite common. A lot of people use them. A lot of people know how to use them. It's pretty simple. You just take a bottle, put the sticks in, and then your home smells nice. And who doesn't want to have their home smell nice? So I thought, well, it's a product I would use myself. And I've also chatted to people at the markets. And when I've mentioned doing something like a rediffuser, I always get a pretty positive response. So I do think that it would sell with the kind of customer base, which my brand resonates with. And again, all these things you kind of have to consider. And that led me to think, you know what? Rediffusers this year, this is the one to do. So then we're making rediffusers. First question is, well, how do you go and make these things? Well, really, it's pretty simple. The way that most people make reed diffusers is essentially you get all the packaging that you need. You take your, your reed diffuser bottle, you get your labels, put those on, and you get the reeds. 
And then all you really need is your liquid inside. And again, the liquid is pretty simple. So firstly, you need your reed diffuser base. And there's a few different things you can use for this, but I found out what seems to be quite popular at the moment is this thing called Orgeo. I've got some here, it's pretty cheap and it seems to work quite well. So for me, this gets a thumbs up. And then you take the Orgeo and you mix it with your fragrance oil in most cases. So what most people do is a lot of these companies that sell the things for reed diffusers, so places like Candle Shack online, you can buy all of this stuff. You can buy the, the packaging, the audio base, maybe some different bases, and then you can buy the fragrance oils as well. And what you normally do is you take your reed diffuser base, take your fragrance oil, mix them together, usually use 75%-ish of the base, about 25%-ish of the fragrance oil. You can change the amount, you know, depending on the strength or if there's any limits on that specific fragrance oil, because like all fragrance, there are safety limits, so sometimes you have to worry about those. But you mix them together, you put them in the bottle and that's it, you're done. It's pretty easy. So I think that's why you see so many people at market selling this stuff, because it's like you stick some stuff together, profit, money, you know, you're done, you're good. Anyway, what I want to do is, well, essentially we're doing the same thing, but because my brand is more focused on perfumery, actually creation and fragrance, and we sell perfumes, the whole idea of the products here is to have some kind of really unique scent, something a bit more special, something a bit less run of the mill. So what I'm really gonna be focusing in on is the smell itself and trying to do a bit of perfumery to elevate these reed diffusers a little bit out of the ordinary or just make a bit more of a special product. A quick disclaimer here, I'm not taking a dump on everyone else trying to say that their reed diffusers are terrible. I'm not saying that at all. I know a lot of perfumers work on reed diffusers and make nicely perfumed reed diffusers and you can make nice uh, fragrances, honestly, with the fragrance oils as well. Like, you know, they are quite nice. So I mean, otherwise they wouldn't sell so well. I'm not saying they're bad. All I'm saying is as a perfumer myself, for me, the whole focus on this project is gonna be in the scent creation. We're not worrying too much else about all the other aspects of the reed diffusers. It's just to say that this is the whole thing. So if you're interested in making your own uh, reed diffusers with custom scents, then do watch on because I will explain to you the process and then maybe you'll be able to follow this and make some custom scents yourself. So then, what we worked out we're doing is really focusing on making this fragrance oil component or this fragrance concentrate from scratch ourselves rather than just buying one and using it. So let's shift our perspective for a second from the reed diffuser business side of things to the perfumery side of things. Because if you've watched the rest of my channel, you will have seen the other videos on how to make perfumes. If you're interested in those, go check them out. But essentially what it comes down to is in perfumery, you've got um, your certain way of doing things. And after doing those things, you end up making your perfume. That will involve things like diluting raw materials, getting to know them, learning how to evaluate them properly, making simple blends, and then understanding how to structure and compose a perfume. So the question is, if we were armed with all that knowledge, what is then different about making perfumes for reed diffusers? So I was doing some research into this and it turns out there are a few differences which are quite important. Now the biggest difference or the most important difference that I found was essentially the way you compose your perfumes is pretty much completely flipped on its head. And the reason for that is all to do with the way the reed diffuser works. So in your reed diffuser, you've got your kind of vessel, you've got your um, bottle with the thing inside with your liquid, and then you've got these reeds coming out. Now this is a bit different from a normal perfume because normally when you have a perfume, if you just go and you spray that on your skin, 
what you've gone and done is you've taken your liquid and you've you've shot it over a massive surface area. So you've got this very thin layer of perfume on your skin. That means with all the heat from your skin, this very kind of thin layer of perfume, everything wants to immediately evaporate up into the air, which is why you smell it. So part of the problem of perfumery often, especially for beginners, is well, how do I get all of this stuff to last a long time? How do I get my perfume to last for hours and still smell nice, as opposed to just I spray it on and then fleetingly it's nice and then it's all gone. So when you're making perfume, you're focused on both projection and longevity as well as the composition of the smells. Now, it's a bit different for a reed diffuser because in the reed diffuser, you don't have this big surface area. You've only got a small hole at the top of your container. Obviously, this is a little sample bottle. You would have a bigger thing for a real reed diffuser. But you've only got this small hole at the top for this uh, kind of diffusion of the smell molecules out of the bottle. So most of the stuff already stays trapped in there. But then because all of your fragrance concentrate is dissolved into this audio liquid and the whole thing can't really come out, it doesn't naturally diffuse out too much, it's all really kind of getting lost or evaporating based on the amount which goes up into your reeds and then evaporates from there. So as opposed to a normal perfume where you dump a load of stuff on and it just all quickly goes, for the reed diffuser, stuff is kind of getting lost at a controlled rate. And what that also means is, in a reed diffuser, all of your top notes, they don't just fly off the skin, they're actually trapped in that big kind of reservoir of your reed diffuser base. That means that your top notes are actually gonna last a lot longer. And that's pretty cool because, have you ever wanted to compose a whole perfume with top notes? I've done that before, made a nice smell and then realized that it doesn't last very long. Well, reed diffusers are perfect for that because you can make a nice composition out of top notes and then it will last because the rate of the loss of the smell essentially, the rate of the evaporation is more dependent on the rate of this stuff coming up through your reeds and evaporating which is fairly constant, it's not all just happening in one big go. So you can make perfumes out of top notes, that's pretty cool, it almost opens up a whole new avenue of perfumery. On the flip side however, you do need to have pretty much a lot of top notes in your reed diffuser. And the reason for that is because reed diffusers are all about projection. When I made my first experiment a couple of months ago for the reed diffuser, what I did was I made something more like what would be in a traditional perfume, and I made up the reed diffuser, I put it out in the room, came back the next day, and I was like, I can't smell it. It's just what's happened. And the reason for that is because when you're making a perfume, you use a lot of uh, base notes and you use things like your vanillins, your hedions, your musks, these kind of things. And those really help in a perfume, don't get me wrong. But in the reed diffuser, they're not so good. And the reason for that is twofold. So firstly, some of these things actually can block up the reeds, especially your more solid substances and your thick kind of gloopy substances. Makes sense, right? Apparently, uh, Hedione is actually terrible to use in reed diffusers. I read that online. don't know exactly why, but usually in a perfume, Hedione would be one of the most important ingredients or raw materials because it lasts a long time, and it's also quite diffusive, so it's almost the ideal thing. Apparently, in reed diffusers, it's terrible. Secondly, though, you really just do need raw materials with good projection and impact because imagine that you're trying to scent your room. Well, essentially what you need to do is you need your fragrance to diffuse. That's why it's called a diffuser. So if you have something that sits quite close to your skin, for example, like a subtle musk, 
because in theory, even if it was kind of diffusing fine, you would only have this very tiny diffusion shell right around your reeds, essentially you'd have to go right up to it to smell it. You want something that leaps out across the room. So top notes are pretty much ideal for this because that's pretty much what they do, they diffuse. And by controlling the rate of evaporation so they last a bit longer by having this set up with the whole reservoir of the reed diffuser base, it almost means that composing your reed diffuser out of top notes is pretty ideal. So that's the first major difference about reed diffusers. The whole kind of fragrance pyramid is essentially flipped on its head. Now there are a couple of other differences as well. One of those is the IFRA safety limits. If you know much about perfumery, hopefully you know that when you make a perfume, if you want to sell that legally, have it all safe and everything, you should really be following the IFRA, that's the International Fragrance Association's limits on safety. And the safety limits for raw materials actually have different thresholds depending on the category of product you have. And rediffusers fit into a different category from fine fragrance. And because there's less contact with the skin, that often means that the limits are a bit less restrictive. So for example, at the moment, eugenol for fine fragrance is limited to 2.5% in your final fragrance. However, eugenol for a reed diffuser is limited to 4.9%. So that means eugenol, that kind of warm, spicy, clove-like smell, you can use double as much of that in a reed diffuser than you can in a normal perfume. So really this opens up whole new avenues for the compositions you can make. I mean, providing you're sticking to the safety guidance, of course, and you know, if you're doing it as a business, I think it's important that you do follow that. If you're doing it for yourself, then it's up to you, though I still think, you know, why not be safe, right? But yeah, that's another, well, I would say advantage of the reed diffusers. However, there are some other things to consider as well. For example, what I would consider maybe more of a disadvantage is actually your kind of cost constraints. And the reason for that is because usually when people are buying a reed diffuser, they would consider paying a lot less than a perfume. For example, I would expect a reed diffuser to cost maybe somewhere between 10 and 20 pounds, whereas a perfume might cost something like 50. But not only that, you've probably got as much, if not more, fragrance in your reed diffuser because you're using not only that high concentration of 25%, remember it's 75%-ish base and 25%-ish fragrance concentrate, but you're also using usually quite a big container. So these reed diffuser uh, bottles, they can be 100 to 200 milliliters, whereas normal perfumes, they're something like 30, 50, or 100 milliliters. So you're trying to create a product with more fragrance at a cheaper price point. So invariably that means you have less money to spend per unit of fragrance concentrate. Now, of course you could make a luxury reed diffuser um, for hundreds of pounds and use whatever you want, use your rose essential oil in it. But if you're trying to make a kind of more mass market thing like me, which is what I'm trying to do here, then you do have to be a bit more careful about the costs. So that means for aroma chemicals or synthetics, generally using things that you can buy quite cheaply, or for naturals, probably buying the grade down that you would usually buy for perfumery. So when you buy natural essential oils, absolute things like that for perfumery, I really recommend getting what I call perfumery grade, but essentially things made by manufacturers specifically for fine fragrance. So these are like the best manufacturers in the world, the ones with the real expertise. You'll often find that, for example, the lavender essential oil or the geranium or whatever you might have made by these companies like P.M. Bertrand, uh, Robert T, IFF, Givaudan, these kind of companies. 
you'll find that usually their natural products are significantly um, better quality for use in fine fragrance. Now, when we're making the rediffusers on the other hand, especially at this kind of lower price point, then I think it's okay to start to dip into the more kind of aromatherapy grade or the cheaper grade of essential oils, essentially what you find on the internet, the kind of mass market stuff you can buy off Amazon. The reason for that is basically because it makes the cost work, but it does give you a bit more of a limitation because a lot of the time with these kind of mass market essential oils, you find they can have things like off notes, or you can find that just the overall smell isn't quite as good. So you really do have to spend a bit more time doing your sourcing to really try to find something um, that is actually all right. And then you really do have to spend a bit more time on your composition because as you can imagine, if the whole kind of quality level of some of your naturals is a bit worse, well, you're never gonna be able to get something quite as good playing kind of a straight ball game. So you're gonna have to hope that you can make some kind of nice accord which kind of compensates for or accounts for the maybe slightly lower quality. That said, you could ask, well, why don't you just use the best quality for everything? And the reason for that is simply, well, if something smells like 10, 20% worse, but it's costing five times less for a home fragrance product that most people just think is a nice to have, um, something that you would pick up, they would happily pay a lot less just for a slight lowering in quality. And essentially that is the whole kind of argument with all of this stuff. Um, what raw materials you want to use, the kind of price points, all of these things, you've got to consider the final product. I mean, the market for it, like the prices you're selling it at, you can't always use the highest quality things in perfumery all of the time, unless you're just in like the super luxury market. If you're selling like Ferraris, Louis Vuittons, and then your custom reed diffusers on the side, I mean, okay, whatever, man, fine, you can do it. But normally for most businesses, it's just not uh, out of the question. You might have something where you have, say, one really nice natural product, and then you've got a load of cheap synthetics surrounding it to build up the rest, and then you might manage to work that out. So overall, the whole thing is the same price, especially if you're getting kind of a bulk discount on buying a lot of quantity. But yeah, all of these different decisions, it's just part of the perfumery kind of decision-making process. Anyway, I've talked for more than enough about the differences between perfume and rediffusers and all of that. And you're probably interested at this stage of knowing what I actually did, how I went to make these fragrances. So obviously I'm not gonna share with you the exact formulas that I'm working on for my brand because you know, that's kind of giving away all of my brand secrets and that. But what I will show you is an example of one of these experiments. So for this project, I actually went and got some more raw materials, specifically some of these more budget essential oils because I don't actually have too many of these because they're not very useful in regular perfumery. Actually for normal perfumery, they end up mostly being a waste of money. But for this project, because I was specifically going for a Christmas theme, I went to get some kind of Christmas themed essential oils to go along with some other synthetics and things. So specifically, I focused on some kind of uh, pine tree like things. I was wondering if maybe I could get a Christmas tree scent and then things like your kind of oranges, cinnamon, cloves, that kind of stuff. So I went and got these. Now, before even touching the rediffuser side of things, I wanted to make sure that I had a good kind of reference point for these raw materials in my head. So I actually went and did the usual perfumery process for me, which is when I get a new raw material, diluting it down to 10% in alcohol, and then going and evaluating those onto the scent strips. And specifically, in this case, I was comparing the difference between these cheaper essential oils and maybe some of the high quality versions that I already had, seeing what the difference in quality actually is. And then I wanted to start fleshing out my concepts for the reed diffusers. And again, instead of going straight to my Orgio rediffuser base, I still wanted to do this uh, in alcoholic perfumery. 
And that's simply because now I've got these pre-dilutions, it's much easier to sketch out fragrance concepts using your pre-dilutions than to go and make everything up as a concentrate. So what I did was I went and wrote out some formulas in formula to test, and then I simply made those up out of the pre-dilutions in some different bottles. Now I was using 10% pre-dilution, so obviously I can expect the actual thing to be a bit stronger given it's 25% in a re-diffuser, but the whole re-diffuser thing is gonna behave a little bit different anyway, given that it's a slightly different product. So we'll get onto the re-diffuser testing itself in a little while. But for now, I was just sketching out the actual smells, the actual, what does it smell like as opposed to everything else. So in this example, I had an idea for a kind of orange, frankincense, and cedarwood. This is kind of just because I, in general, quite like the combination of cedarwood and orange. And I made this as a little test and I thought, you know what, it needs something else, I think. It needs something just to make it a little bit fresher. So frankincense was one of the essential oils that I bought for this. Honestly, as a little side note, the cheap frankincense essential oil really wasn't the best. Um, you could really tell a big difference to uh, perfumery frankincense, but it did hold up enough just on that initial smell. And I'm thinking, well, this should be all right in a reed diffuser because it won't really dry down. And when it starts to dry down is really when it starts to smell worse. So I thought this kind of frankincense, maybe this would be good with the cedarwood and the orange because I feel like it would blend kind of well with those. You've got this kind of woody, um, like orangey incense thing. I thought, you know, maybe this will work. And then I also thought maybe add a little bit of octyl acetate. And this is simply because I think this reminds me a little bit of the smell of kind of frankincense and kind of waxy orange peel. So I thought it would kind of bridge those quite nicely. And also this is just a top note, which I do quite like in a weird way, but I've never really found it fitting into a perfume. So I thought, oh, maybe this is a good context to use it in. Maybe it will all work together. So that was an example of how I came up with one of these simple concepts, um, literally thinking of what combination might be nice and then putting them together. Now again, evaluating things the regular way for normal alcoholic perfumery at this stage, we haven't really moved into re-diffuser land yet. We're just working on those smells. Now, because we're looking at the reed diffuser, we really only care about the initial impact, that top note straight away. After a few minutes, when the smells changed, when it started to dry down, we're not too fussed about that anymore because in theory, based on this whole reservoir thing in the reed diffuser, we shouldn't be smelling too much of that anyway. So I've gone and dipped this scent strip in the thing. And what does it smell like? Now, I actually quite like the smell, you know? I think it's pretty reasonable. I think the balance is it's pretty good. I get this nice frankincense, kind of a little bit soapy frankincense. You get that kind of a little bit lemony, a little bit kind of incensey, soapy smell of the frankincense. But I think you get that nice kind of um, warm backing from the cedarwood and you get the kind of juiciness from the orange. So for me, that was actually a pretty successful test. And that was simply because while it's a simple smell, it blended well together quite nicely. So I did a few other tests and obviously some of them were more successful, some of them were less successful. I actually really found that making a kind of a Christmas tree kind of smell was really difficult. So if you've got any tips or experience with that, then please do let me know. Um, but yeah, so I was fairly happy with this smell. So the next step then is to actually go and make the test reed diffuser. So for the test reed diffuser, what I did is I took the formula and I decided to rewrite it for the re-diffuser. So the original formula, we've got all of these raw materials and they're all diluted in alcohol. 
Now for the reed diffuser, firstly, we don't want any alcohol, but secondly, we want our reed diffuser base, and then we wanna make sure it's 25%. So then what I did was I went and rewrote the formula in terms of the reed diffuser base. So I firstly removed all the alcohol, made the raw materials pure, keeping the same ratio, and then I added the reed diffuser base and shifted the numbers around so that the total concentration was 25%. And then simply I repeated the process, this time making the formula up out of those pure raw materials plus the reed diffuser base. And this time I made the sample up to five grams. And the reason for that was I found with my testing, if you make these little sample bottles with a five gram test, they seem to last for at least a few days. And it seems to be enough for you to get an idea of what this smell is actually like and whether it will fill the room or not. Obviously, for a final product test, I would go and test this in the actual bottle um, with the full amount of the stuff to see if that made any difference. But I found just for this kind of rough testing, when you're still at your earlier stages, this seems to work quite well because you're not wasting the actual bottles, which are a bit more expensive. Whereas these sample vials, they're pretty cheap and disposable and you can make these quite quickly and it just works out quite nicely. So yeah, that's all there is to it. So I went and made a few of these different testers and the next step was to actually go and test them. So what I did was I took the tester and I put it in a room, ideally one that's not massive because you generally wanna have reed diffusers I've heard in small to medium sized rooms so that they actually have a chance to fill up the air of the room so you can smell them properly. So I went and put it in a smallish room and basically the next step is over the next few days to go and monitor them to see how they perform. And then once I've done that, I can use that information to go back to my formulas and see if there are any changes I need to make. For example, if some of the concepts aren't smelling so strongly, whereas some other ones are doing really well, then I can look at the raw materials and see, okay, these raw materials seem to be working better in the rediffusers than others. Again, these smells may actually be a little bit different in the air than they were just on the scent strip. So there are lots of little things like that just to watch out for. So that's what I'm gonna be doing over the next few days. Anyway, that's all from me. So if you're interested in knowing more about this whole journey with the reed diffusers, then let me know in the comments because I may do another vlog video like this um, when I get a bit further along with them. I'm not so sure yet, it obviously depends how they go. It depends if I actually end up launching products in time for Christmas, fingers crossed I will because you know, that would be nice. Um, but maybe I'll do an update vlog with actually going to the market, showing the final products and selling them, that kind of thing. I really don't know. Um, and it's a bit more awkward, I think, to do a vlog at the market because, you know, I'm like standing there with like a, a camera <laughs> on this stick and people are probably like, what are you doing? Um, so maybe, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but anyway, if, if you do like this or not, let me know because I know most people who watch the channel are just here for the regular perfume videos, not necessarily the reed diffusers. So let me know what you think. Anyway, I'll see you next time with another video all about perfumery. So you got that to look forward to. So until then, enjoy yourself and have a good week. This video is sponsored by Luxeterra, my online store where you can find all of the essential equipment for perfumery. Only good quality and good value for money products make the cut and I use almost all of the products myself when making perfumes for my brand. To browse the full range of products, visit www.lux-terra.co.uk or click the link in the description.